the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Jesus is our power in weakness. Jesus is our strength in trial. Jesus is our light in darkness. Jesus is our victory in temptation. Jesus is our hope in despair. Jesus is our wisdom in confusion. And Jesus is our healer in sickness. And Jesus is our mighty conqueror. That's Pastor Mark Finley, and this is Hope Lives 365. At Hope Lives 365, we believe God answers prayer. If you would like us to pray for you, then keep in mind this telephone number throughout today's broadcast, 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-HOPE. Here now is our pastor teacher, Mark Finley, with today's Hope Lives 365. Father, this is Sabbath, and we've come to open your book. Speak to us through the Word. May its pages written so many years ago that carry the life-giving Word speak to us in the 21st century. May the message of old, the ancient words that are ever true, come and touch our hearts this day. In Christ's name, amen. There are some passages in the Bible that are strange. You read those passages and you say, is that really in the Bible? And then you read them again and you say, God, I wonder why you put that passage in the Bible. Have you ever read a passage like that in the Bible? That you sat back and you read that passage and you said, that passage is strange. It's for another time, another place another culture, but it may not apply to this time, this place, and this culture. But then you read it again, and you read it again, and you read it again, and pretty soon you begin to say, that passage has a lot more in it than I originally thought. That passage is speaking to my heart. That passage is touching my soul. And you take that passage like a diamond, and you begin turning it in your hand, and it sparkles with divine truth. Let me read you a strange passage in the Bible. And this morning we're going to study a passage that to Western eyes and Western ears may seem strange as we begin. But as we study this passage this morning, it speaks not only to a culture 2,000 years ago, but it speaks to you and it speaks to me today with relevance, with meaning. Take your Bible, please, and turn to Acts, the 19th chapter. Acts chapter 19. A passage that seems strange at first, but the more you study it, the more its relevance, the more its truth leaps off the pages, the more it speaks to your heart. Acts, the 19th chapter, we start with the 11th verse. Now God worked unusual miracles by the hands of Paul. Now that's a strange text anyway, because every miracle is unusual. A miracle, by definition, is a divine, supernatural happening that's not usual. So why would Luke, in writing Acts, say he worked unusual miracles? There must be something significant here. 
Then it says, so that even handkerchiefs or aprons were brought from his body to the sick and diseases left them and evil spirits went out of them. Now that's strange in itself. I mean, is there any mystical value in handkerchiefs? Any mystical value in aprons? And you read that passage and you say, why does God use handkerchiefs? Why does he use aprons? What's this all about? And then you continue through the passage and you see these sons of Sceva who want to have the Holy Spirit and they go out in the name of Jesus and yet they can't cast the demons out and the demons attack them, strip them naked and leave them there bruised. And you go further and you see these people bringing all these books and they burn them up and then the word of God goes forth mightily. How do we explain this? And what message is there in this passage for you and me here today? Well, you're not going to understand this passage until you understand the background of the passage. And once you understand the background, you begin to understand the passage. Paul is in Ephesus. What do we know about Ephesus? Ephesus is a city of between 150 and 200,000. It's a huge city. There are ships that anchor in the harbor at Ephesus, bringing in goods from throughout the Mediterranean world. Everything to delight the eye, everything that to tempt the taste could be found in the marketplaces of Ephesus. You could find in the marketplace of Ephesus carpets hand-woven from the Orient. You could find in the marketplace of Ephesus spices from China. You could find in the marketplace silks that could be bought. So it's a shopping bazaar. In addition to that, Ephesus was a scholarly center. There were three leading libraries in the world. One was in Alexandria in Egypt. One was in Pergamum in Turkey. And the other was the Celsus Library with 12,000 books in Ephesus. So it was known for scholarship. Educators came there. Ephesus was a city that was known for the theater and arts. It had a theater that seated 24,000 people. And 1,000 people would stand. They had amazing music concerts and performances there. But the key thing about Ephesus was this. It was the center of the goddess Diana, or Artemis in the Greek. That temple of Artemis was one of the seven wonders of the world. It had a thousand immoral prostitutes that worked out of that center. But the most significant thing about it, it was a center of spiritualism. It was a center of witchcraft. It was a center of demonology. And there, in that center, in that temple, there was a large idol to Diana. And that large idol to Diana had a writing on it. And they believed that that idol from Diana in Ephesus temple had come from heaven. And the writing on it was magic formulas. So this is what the Ephesians did. They wrote books on spiritualism. They wrote books on witchcraft that people would read. And they would be absorbed by those books. You remember Demetrius, the Bible calls him, the silversmith who made the little goddesses shrines to Diana. So they would come and worship those. So they were practicing the occult arts. They believed that physical, tangible symbols had mystical or satanic power. Now with that background, come to Acts chapter 19. Acts the 19th chapter. And you're looking there now at verse 11. 
Now God worked unusual miracles by the hands of Paul. Stop there. Ephesus is a place where the Christian church is going to gain a foothold. Ephesus is going to become a capital for the Christian church. And there's unusual power from beneath working through the temple of Artemis and the temple of Diana. The devil is working all powerfully. When you have unusual power from beneath, you have unusual power from above. Because the mighty power of God is greater than the feeble power of Satan. And so why does it say unusual miracles? Because there was unusual power from beneath. And any time Satan is working in your family, any time Satan is working on your health, any time Satan is working in the community, any time that we see the devil at work, we can know that God is going to work with unusual power because he is the mighty conqueror. In the days of Ephesus, people's minds were held in bondage to the power of Satan through spiritualistic books, through demonic charms, through images of Diana, the goddess of nature. Shackled by superstition, the Ephesians lived in constant fear of offending the city's patron goddess. They believed that the images and charms and books could bring magical power into their lives. We look now at the next verse, verse 12. So that handkerchiefs were brought from Paul's body to the sick and diseases left them, and the evil spirits went out of them. You see the word for handkerchiefs there? In the Greek language, that's not a hanky that you blow your nose with. It's a sweatband that you wear around your head. Have you ever seen athletes today like a tennis player with a sweatband around their head? That's precisely what this is. You see where it says apron? That's not some apron that a lady wears when she's making homemade bread because she's been to Mrs. Finley's cooking class. No, it typically is a half leather apron that's worn by a laborer. So I want you to picture the Apostle Paul who labors with his hands. He has a sweatband around his head. He has an apron here. The devil is deceiving people in Ephesus through physical symbols of the goddess of Diana through magical charms. Do you remember the story of the woman with the issue of blood that touches the hem of Christ's garment? Was there anything magical about the hem of Christ's garment? What was that representative of? The hem of Christ's garment was symbolic of the Holy Spirit being poured out through Jesus to heal that woman. It wasn't the garment that healed her, right? So what does God do in Ephesians here? Paul takes off his sweatband. He takes off his apron. And he gives it to these people as a symbol of the life of the Holy Spirit that's poured out through him. And as the result of that, see, God meets people where they are. They were all enamored with these charms. And God works through the Apostle Paul with symbols like he does with The uh, woman with the issue of blood. There's no mystical power in either of these two items. They were symbolic of Paul's life of godly consecration. His total commitment to Christ. At a time when the Ephesians believed in mystical charms, God uses two physical symbols to demonstrate his power. Now, there are four lessons in our passage today. Here's the first lesson. Unusual power from below calls forth from unusual power from above. The marvelous working of Satan calls for the mighty power of God where the devil works with all of his power to destroy. 
God works mightily with all of his power to save. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 to 12. Ephesians 6, verse 10 to 12. Our God is mighty. Oh, what a mighty God we serve. The powers of hell may rage, but the powers of Jesus are stronger. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 to 12. Pastor Mark Finley will continue with more in just a moment. Stay tuned. Hope Lives 365 is a donor-supported ministry. We step out in faith to purchase airtime on this station because we believe God is working through this radio ministry to touch tens of thousands of lives. Each of our messages is prayed over, biblical messages of hope and Bible truth. To continue, we need your support. We do not have a large ministry fundraising machine. We operate totally by faith. If you have been blessed by our ministry, go to our website, hopelives365.com, or call our toll-free number to make your contribution of any size today. That number is 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. Here now, once again, Pastor Mark Finley. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 to 12. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord. Can you read this with me? Ephesians 6, verse 10. You've got it in your Bible? Let's read it together. Ephesians 6, verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Notice, we're not strong in ourselves. Finally, brethren, be strong in who, everybody? In the Lord. And what? And the power of his might for the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against the spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. We are in a battle. There's a battle for your soul. There's a battle for the souls of your children. There's a battle for the community. This is a great controversy that is real. And all the powers of hell are working to destroy you. But be confident that we can stand in the strength of Christ. We can stand in the might of Jesus. Jesus is our power in weakness. Jesus is our strength in trial. Jesus is our light in darkness. Jesus is our victory in temptation. Jesus is our hope in despair. Jesus is our wisdom in confusion. And Jesus is our healer in sickness. And Jesus is our mighty conqueror in the fierce battle between good and evil. Now we saw this battle played out in Africa in the last month. We saw the battle up front. We saw the battle close. It was a battle. Many of those who came to our meetings had a strong belief in witchcraft, the power of charms, the influence of their dead loved ones, and the magical power of witches and spells and demons. And we personally experienced the power of God coming in miraculous deliverances. For example, when I would make appeals, people would come forward come forward longing to be delivered, come forward to be longing to have the shackles broken. And at times, they would fall over, and fall over so hard you'd think they'd crack their head. And then they'd writhe and scream and cry out, our African elders know Christ. And they would take them out and pray over them and would see miraculous deliverances. Let me tell you two specific stories. Witches often use charms to place a curse on people. 
Now, let me assure you that no witch can place a curse on a child of God. I want to assure every child here today, every teenage and every adult, that if you are in Christ, Jesus says this, I give them eternal life and they shall never perish, neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. Here's the incredible good news. If you are in Christ, no witch, no satanic worker can place any curse upon you because Christ is holding you in his hand and the angels of God are surrounding you. But if you don't know Christ, you don't have that assurance. So what these witches do at times is they will put a curse on charms and they'll take these charms and they'll put them on a trail or some place. So one of the witches placed a curse on her charms and she put them on a trail and this was the curse. Whoever steps on these charms is going to be crippled. They're going to feel pain in their legs, pain in their feet. And a lady was walking down the trail and she stepped on the charms and immediately pain came into her feet. Immediately pain came into her legs and immediately she became crippled. She searched for 10 years for deliverance, no deliverance. She went to more powerful witches that were more powerful than this witch, no deliverance. On one occasion, the witches took her to a cemetery and they brought her into that cemetery, stripped her and said, let the demons of power come into your body to deliver you. Nothing. She then said, I have to try Christianity. She went from church to church to church. No deliverance. She met Seventh-day Adventists. And they said to her, Pastor Finley is in the stadium, many kilometers from here. He's preaching the word of God. The power of God is coming down in that stadium. Here is a bus fare. Travel the many kilometers to that stadium. We believe God's going to heal you. This woman came to the stadium possessed with demonic forces, crippled up, pain in her legs for 10 years. We said, let's get her to the prayer tent. So we brought her to the prayer tent. We had prayer warriors going all day. We had 990 prayer warriors. They took shifts during the day. And if you go to that prayer tent, they are not mumbling prayers my wife and I were in the prayer tent we saw people possessed with demons in the prayer tent being delivered they brought this lady to the prayer tent began praying over and praying over and said God she is your child God we're lifting her up to you God come down miraculously the spirit came down and that woman was healed she walked out of there with no pain no pain whatsoever Now, some of the stories that I tell you are very difficult for the Western mind to understand. Very difficult. This next one was even difficult for me to understand. (laughs) Pastor Jeffrey Mabwana is one of the vice presidents of the General Conference. He's a Tanzanian. He was with us during the meetings and working with us. And Jeffrey came to us every night we met after the meeting and we shared miracles that were taking place. Miracle after miracle after miracle. And one night, Pastor Mabwana came and he said, 
there's a story that's the worst I've ever seen. He said, I've been brought up in Africa, but I've never seen this in my life. He said, I just met with a woman that was all cut up with machete. Some of the wounds were fresh on her arms, her stomach. He said, it was absolutely horrible. And he said, demonic forces have been cutting her. Now, I don't understand that. I don't have to understand it. All I'm telling you is the story. And he said, once this happened, she became a mute. She could not talk. She can't talk. And her mother said to her, you have to go to those meetings. The power of God is coming down. Jesus can heal you. They brought her to the meetings. The woman could not talk. The woman was all cut up. Brought her into the prayer tent. Prayed in the great controversy between good and evil that Jesus would heal her. Jesus came down. And that woman was delivered. And she could speak. And she couldn't speak. There was no way she could speak. In the battle between good and evil. When Satan works with all his power. God is more powerful. The power of God is greater than the power of the evil one. There's no power on earth or hell that Jesus has not already overcome. And if God can do that in Africa, he can do something in your life. When you feel under oppression, when you feel tempted, when you feel attacked, we serve a mighty Savior. Be strong in the power of the Lord and the strength of his might. Now there's a second lesson here. Take your Bible, please, and turn to 2 Corinthians 10, verse 4. Then we'll go back to Acts 19. 2 Corinthians 10, verse 4. See, this is what the Apostle Paul faced. We may not be facing things like this in America now that are so overt, but they will be coming in the future. Trusting in Jesus. Sensing his power. No superficial Christian experience is going to suffice for this time. God is leading us to something deeper. To know Him and to know His power. 2 Corinthians 10 verse 4. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. We do not use carnal methods. We don't use political methods. We don't use pride. We don't use arrogance. We don't use power struggles in the church. 2 Corinthians 10, verse 4. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. Our methods are mighty in God. We're on our knees praying. We're seeking God. Mighty for the pulling down of strongholds. Whatever temptations you face, whatever attacks the devil throws at you, whatever challenges you're confronted with, whatever difficulties you experience... Face Satan in the name of Jesus. Because he's never, never, never lost a battle with Satan yet. He's the mighty conqueror pulling down the strongholds of hell. He triumphs over the powers of evil. He defeats the enemy in our behalf. There's power in prayer. There's power in the word of God. There's power in the gospel of Christ. And there's power in the truth about Jesus to defeat the devil anytime. Lesson number one in Acts 19. Unlimited power from beneath calls for unlimited power from above. Second lesson, Acts 19, back to the passage. Acts 19, verse 13 and onward. Then some of the itinerant Jewish exorcists took it upon themselves to call the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits, saying, We adjure you by Jesus whom Paul preaches. 
Also, there were seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish chief priest, who did so. And the evil spirit answered them, said, Jesus I know, and Paul I know, but who are you? Then the man in whom the evil spirit was leaped upon them and overpowered them and prevailed against them, so that they fled out of that house naked and wounded. This passage may be one of the most powerful passages in all the Bible that speaks to us. What are the lessons of the passage? Number one, if you have a superficial Christian experience, you cannot do battle with Satan. That's it. If your experience with Jesus is surface, if you don't pray very much, you don't study the Bible very much, you cannot do battle with Satan. He's going to beat you every time. But if you know Christ and his powers living in your life, you'll be victorious. So that's the first lesson you learn from that. Now notice this. It's very fascinating when you look at verse 13. Then some of the itinerant Jewish exorcists. So what was these people's backgrounds, everybody? Were they Gentile or Jew? What were they? They were Jew. Did the Jews keep the Sabbath? Were the Jews faithful in time? Now were they not only Jews, but notice what it says further in the passage. It says... They called on the name of the Lord. So they were Jewish converts to Christianity. I don't want to miss this. They were Jewish converts to Christianity. But notice what it says. They were Jewish converts to Christianity who were exorcists. Well, unfortunately, we're out of time. You won't want to miss tomorrow when Pastor Mark Finley finishes The Nations Shall Hear. Are you fascinated by the prophecies of Revelation? Have you wished you could understand prophecy better? Do the symbols of the Bible's last book baffle you? God's Last Altar Call is just the book you need. Mark Finley clearly explains the events soon to unfold in this world. Be sure to call today for your copy. 888-244-HOPE That's 888-244-4673 The book is yours for a donation of any size. Thank you for your generosity. Your donations keep this ministry on the air. Again, thank you for your support. 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. Thanks for listening today to Hope Lives 365.